sponsored by mywebsitefinder.net, where you can find reliable website hosting, email services, and affordable domain prices. A proudly woman-owned mywebsitefinder.net can cater to all your website needs, big or small. You can have a website up in less than an hour using sophisticated yet easy to use web tools like cPanel and WordPress. And for our Spanish speaking friends, check out paginaus.com. Now let's get to the show. On the 18th of July, 2017, there was a roundtable discussion at Westminster Abbey, London, England. The topic was organ harvesting in China. The crimes against humanity that were described at this forum were almost impossible to believe, as I myself did not have the imagination before to think that this level of evil exists. As a journalist, my instinct is to be skeptical, and I invite you to listen and decide for yourself. The world is changing. We live in modern times, enslaved by technology, floating away from what it is to be human. But I digress, because I want you to listen and think and decide for yourself, your own fate. I can only give you the information. In this clip, you'll hear the Nobel Peace Prize-nominated writer, Ethan Gutman, who went to the People's Republic of China to investigate organ harvesting. He thought maybe it was an exaggerated tale, but what he found was more horrifying. Here is the writer and journalist, Ethan Gutman. The 21st was when the community, followed our community in China knew about this. And uh, a lot of, a lot of, some practitioners anyway, showed up at John Young High, the very center of the And uh, I heard that. And I biked over there from where I worked in the pool while I shot. And uh, I put a, a Starbucks bag in there, and I did a lot of things to make myself look like a tourist, so nobody would suspect me of being maybe a sympathizer or a porter or anything like that. Watched, and it was at the very end of the action. They were getting rid of the last uh, protesters, and they were taking these old women and putting them into buses. They had about 20 buses. It was extraordinary. The, the scale was huge. Uh, and you know, that's always struck with me because uh, one of the key people in this in this field, uh, Jay Tong, actually wrote that. Well, the Chinese only said that there were several hundred arrested that day. But I saw 20 buses here, packed, right? Right there, right from the beginning, it's always a lot, okay? And this is significant. And one of the reasons I find lies is I try to, uh, I'm, I'm interested in two things. I'm interested in very hard evidence, and I'm interested in human stories. And this is what defines my research, and it's why I do field research. Uh, but it has come to my attention that this is not enough in some ways, there's some people, and it's quoted here, it's somewhat impolitic to put it in here, but it's, it was in here in the uh, Eventbrite announcement. Yeah. So it said, uh, last September, Lord Alton asked the UAQK government's assessment of forced organ harvesting in China. Baroness uh, Annalette replied that the 2016 report, one of the slaughter and update 
Funt is an important source of information about China's organ transplant system, which we take seriously. But we are unable to substantiate all the evidence presented in the report. We encourage the Chinese authorities to provide more information about the sources of organs for transplant. Well, I'll get to the reasons why we really can't. That is not a, a strategy anymore. But uh, let, me, let me answer that over the course of this presentation. Just briefly, the books that were mentioned, I've forgotten how much that film goes into a lot of, it's, it's really chock full of a lot of But the, these are the sort of the key works. Bloody Harvest came out in 2006, Romatus. It really, it showed the phone calls going into China that demonstrated that there was a, uh, hospitals were selling fallen bone organs and so forth. Uh, it, he went through the key witnesses that had emerged in the early days. Uh, it was really the seminal that which laid down the groundwork for everything that was to come. The next book was State Organs in 2012. That's a significant book, too, uh, because it showed that there was a, a, a medical, within the medical community, it was kind of a gelling of a, a bit of a coalition rising that was ready to uh, say that this was taking place. Uh, it also had several authors from different places, like Malaysia, which could add something about Oregon tourism and so forth. So it did not break a lot of new ground, but it definitely did in terms of the politics of this. My book, 2014, brings in the Uyghurs, the Tibetans, the House Christians. Uh, it also adds the, maybe the first uh, real medical witnesses. Uh, and most of all, the questions I tried to answer were, were about why the persecution of Falun Gong had taken place at all why it had continued so long, and why it was so ferocious. Uh, now, that was followed in 2000, that was 2014. 2015, you have well, a report that very few people have actually looked at, which is the World Organization to Investigate the Persecution of Fallen Dawn. And that was the first report which did transplant volume in China, or attempted to take a stab at this by kind of looking at the hospitals. Now, the numbers they came up with were kind of crazy although less crazy than I thought once I really looked at them, okay? Uh, it was one of these things where I saw the early drafts and I had the feeling that at one point I'd just be outraged by some of the things they write, and other times I just felt like I was falling off a cliff. I could not believe the evidence that they were coming up with. 2016, we put out our own update, Bill Gromatis and I put out our own update, and you know how it is. Uh, this is the one that won all the marbles. Okay, uh, we got the global media outlets, and, uh, including you know everybody. It's a pretty clean sweep from CNN to Bloomberg to, to uh, uh, Telegraph, Independent, uh, Guardian, uh, Times of London. Everybody has reported on that. The New York Times will now be writing just wrote their seventh article on this in less than a year. Okay, that's an amazing change from our perspective because you really couldn't find out about this in any media. Uh, PBS just did a 10-minute segment on it. So. Now, more important than any of that, in some ways, is really this, is that the resolution that was passed, that was mentioned in there, that, that was a resolution that had been sitting there in Congress, and finally went through. And it was followed two weeks later by the uh, European uh, Parliament passing its own resolution, which had exactly the same language. Now, it didn't mean the European the Council didn't do anything, it's true. Uh, and these are just resolutions. Although it's also true that the Senate resolution had just been put in uh, just last week. So we, we are seeing, uh, it's, it's been slow, but we've seen you know, absolutely 
uh, some sort of coming to terms here. And particularly we see that here too in, in the conservative report, The Darkest Moment, uh, which was a fantastic report. I thought really did a very thorough job with a lot of, you know, putting together a lot of evidence in a fairly simple and concise way. Uh, unfortunately, as you know, we've, we've also run into resistance here in, in the UK in the investment. And uh, that's one of the things I want to address today. Now, the interesting thing about all this is why did this report have so much impact? The real reason, two reasons. One is that Beijing journalists, for the first time, reported on this. So you had Nathan Vandercliff from the Globe Mail, uh, Didi Kirsten Tadlock from the New York Times in Beijing, with two kids in kindergarten writing about this issue, which was before was the third round. You could not touch it. You were finished as a reporter if you touched it. Suddenly they were doing this. Why? Well, because they could read the footnotes. There are 2,300 footnotes. 92% of them are in Chinese. Uh, the only way to verify this absurd document, I didn't bring it in today because it's just too heavy to bring around, but 700 pages, it's a doorstop. The only way to verify that is if you really speak Chinese, if it's your native tongue, and if you're a good researcher as well. Now, there are three very good researchers at the Congressional Executive Commission on China. They were extremely skeptical of this report. Their entire job is to keep garbage from coming in and, and into the building, okay, and having congressmen or senators put out what's commonly called <coughs> fake news these days, right? But I, I don't like that expression, but I think that's a, it's, it's, it's accurate to say that they act as defenders, as centuries for this. They came back after two months of looking at this document and said, hold it here, and that's what happened. And that's why these things happened. So when I read a quote saying, you know, we are unable to substantiate all the evidence presented in the report. Yes, you are unable to substantiate. You don't have the people who can do that. But if you don't have, then what I suggest, and I suggested this again and again, but I will stand by it, that go to the Congressional Executive Commission on China. Talk to them directly. Talk to the researchers yourself if you have a problem with that. They are objective, okay? Uh, they won't say everything in the report is perfect either. I think that's fine. Uh, we, these things are supposed to set up a debate in the same way that the darkest moment was intended to get people thinking about this and working on it. That's our intention too. Now having said that, let's get to the real subject of it. Now one of the things that happened here was we had a, this is Huang Jiefu. Uh, he is the sort of master of ceremonies of Chinese organ harvesting. And I'll go through this very briefly, but it's, it, it is important. You see, since 2012, the Chinese have been saying, and unilaterally they came out and said, we're going to reform this system. Uh, we're not going to harvest prisoners anymore within a certain period of time. Now, they never specified prisoners as anything other than death by prisoners. They were completely avoiding the issue of Falun Gong, avoiding Uyghurs, and so forth. But uh, Westerners tended to go, well, prisoners probably Falun Gong are a subset of that, so this is an attempt to reform. That's him in 2012, when he really hit the papers. It was clean sweep of Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and Washington Post soon that was announcing they were going to end organ harvesting in the three to five years. Why did he do that? Well, we'll get to that. But the interesting thing is here, he got an ally very quickly, Francis Delmonica. He's the man in the middle. He was the head, he was the former president of the Transplantation Society, which is the most revered society among uh, transplant surgeons in the world. And he went out and sort of forcefully said, like, well, we want to work with you on this and we want to reform China's system. Uh, 
unfortunately ran into some really heavy troubles. <coughs> the first death knell of this approach was in Hong Kong a year ago, uh, where the Transplantation Society held its conference. And at that conference, uh, which was supposed to be a ratification of the fact that China had changed, something went wrong, and it was with the press. You see that person there, the hair? That's D.D. Kirsten Tapper, that hair, okay? There, and that is O'Connell, uh, who was another former head of the TTS, and a big critic of ours, actually. But he stood up, and under tough questioning by D.D. Kirsten Tapper of the New York Times, he said, what the Chinese have done has appalled the world. Now this was not a planned statement. This was something he said in the heat of the moment, but to the Chinese doctors who were there, it was like receiving a slap on the face. And a lot of them simply left the conference at that point. Okay, not so good. They held another conference in Beijing. Nobody, no reporters showed up for it, so it doesn't exist in today's world. If it doesn't in social media, it doesn't exist. But so the next conference, which was going to be much more successful, was in 2017. Uh, and thanks in part to, uh, in great part, of the two people, uh, Wendy Rogers, in Australia, a medical ethicist, and to Ben Rogers here in the UK, uh, who lobbied uh, Vatican. Uh, <coughs> Wang Jiefu looks very uncomfortable in that picture. And the reason he's uncomfortable is because what is on the screen? It's not the Pope. The Pope was supposed to show up and bless that conference and give a speech and have a little photo uh, display with every, a little photo op and everything. He did not. Uh, that, and the reason he did not in part, was again the New York Times, D.D. Kirsten Tallow, wrote an article right after the conference began and said that the fact that the Chinese are here at all is extremely controversial. Okay, and just that alone, that whiff of controversy, that whiff of a problem, led to Bonjit was admitting, well, in the conference, that they couldn't really be sure that they weren't harvesting organs from food. Now, the third, and maybe the final death now of all this just happened. And I think most of us recognize that picture. That's good, that's young. And that's just a week, you know, two weeks ago. And this is, this is the word, this is the people we're supposed to be negotiating with. These doctors, they let this man die. They killed this man in plain sight of the world. This is a country where you can get a liver in four hours four hours if you need an emergency liver transplant. This is absurd. There's no way. He was tested. He was given every test. A, a political prisoner of his stature was completely looked after by doctors. They, they waited until this man could not be saved, and then they brought a couple of German doctors in, oh, it's too late, it's too late. That's, and we can't, I don't see how you can negotiate with this. I don't see how the Transplantation Society can negotiate with this. I think it's enough of that, and enough of this well, we need to hear from the Chinese what's going on. That's what's going on. They kill political prisoners. They do it in plain sight. They kill no government surprise with it. So what was really going on? Why did Wang Jifu launch this at all? Well, that's interesting, and that pertains to really what I'm here to talk about. As, we met, as I mentioned, the guy at the bottom is Bo Xulai. He was a contender for the presidency of China, a serious contender. He was right-hand man was Wang Lijun, he, the guy at the top. He was the most, uh, the most um, famous policeman in China at the time. Uh, he was considered a real hard, hard guy. Take a look at those glasses. 
that's him, okay? That's him directing organ trafficking in his own center in Jinjo City. That is him also looking at a, handling a corpse or a patient. We don't know which, it's blurred right on the bottom. Uh, that is him. He was given an award. It's mentioned with Phil briefly. He was given an award for this. We're coming up with a new lethal injection method for overseeing thousands of transplants and extractions in his center. Uh, and he even said that it was soul-stirring to watch the life move from one person to another. Now, you know, that's, there's a complicated sequence of events, but basically the bottom line is the World Organization investigated the persecution of Falun had uncovered this website, which had been left in the of these awards. And that significance, it led right into the power struggle that was going on at the time, was used as an excuse or a way of getting rid of Bo Xi Wai, and the truth is, on March 23rd, right in the middle of that conflict, that's where you get the public declaration and organ donations from that team three five years. These pictures reveal a direct line to the top leadership, the Pulver itself. And there was no going back to it. And the fact that, you know, the Western press didn't jump all over, well, the Western press didn't jump all over, but the fact was they decided to change the subject and say we were going to change things in that way. And that's the real reason why I want. That's the real reason why Wang Jifu came out uh, in this. So that's important. And it's important to remember why where Wang Jifu was doing this, Jinjo City. We'll get to that in a second. And there's one last aspect that I touched on in my book and we also touched on in the update. And this is the key thing, is there was also one last aspect of this meeting that I was talking about this Body World Show, which was considered. This was considered almost a conspiracy theory at first, that there were Falun Gong who were being displayed as bodies, but actually it looks like it's pretty likely. This is the man who set it up, uh, Gunther von Hagens. He is an East German supposed doctor. Here is the uh, actual operation that he set up, and he set it up in a place called Dalian, in Dalian, China. Uh, now, you can't see it very well, but I'm going to stand up. This is interesting. This is Lamding Province. This is Jinjou City. The key person here is Lamding Jung, running his, his little factory here of, of working transplantation right here. This is about a four hour drive. This is Shenyang. This is the capital of the province. It's been run by Bo Xilai from 2001 on. Most of you will recognize at least one thing out of, uh, out of Shenyang, and that's Masa Zhao, the labor camp. Very famous labor camp. Huge. Very famous for its history uh, <coughs> of Falun Gong practitioners. <coughs> now, it's also got some famous hospitals as well. But the key thing here is Bo Shimai was mayor pre 2001. And that's when Gunther von Hagens and his little partner, Chinese partner, Sui Hongzhen, were trying to set up their transplantation operation, and they eventually did. The first thing was von Hagens' plastination, then it became Dalian Medical University plastination. What was the main organ harvesting center? Hospital number two of Dalian Medical University. It's the same place. This was a notorious hospital for transplants for taking following organs. You can see closer here. This is exactly the same center. All right? So when we look at Dalian, we're looking at a place that really stands out, okay, in, 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 in the annals of organ harvesting history. This is a, 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 a very singular location. 
Uh, and that is the LA Medical University classification. It's not a very good resolution picture. And actually, who cares? Because it's a rather old-fashioned building by Chinese standards. Wouldn't it be nice to have something a lot bigger? Something where you could really stretch your legs. Something really modern, well-designed. You know, when I see this word, Dalian International Medical City, uh, I think, when was the time I first heard that? It's such an unusual sort of Chinese expression. The first time I heard it was Shenyang Prison City. This is Shenyang Prison City. This was what it looked like when I was writing my book in 2013-2014. And I, I, I knew that it held more follow-up practitioners than any other center, by far. These are enormous prison complexes. This is what it looks like today. All right, this is what a, this is what it, a city is. This is what a medical city is supposed to be. It's like an organic development. Like this is supposed to be. Dalian International Medical City. Here we've got the educational side. Here we've got the wellness resort. Very attractive to foreigners. That's right. And this is the British firm. This is a Chinese. These are Chinese buildings. They're British made. This is the British firm, Ryder Architecture. Uh, and they're collaborating with TFP Farrells from Hong Kong to create a medical city in Dalian, China. These are their plans that I've just shown you. Uh, the project includes an organ transplant center. Uh, it's uh, the foreigner-friendly medical city will host uh, world-class resort facilities, including media care. Uh, it's, it's all going to be uh, English-based and so forth. Chinese authorities approved the Dalian Medical City and estimated cost uh, several, we believe it's about two billion pounds. Uh, the project is reported worth 300 million to TFP Ryder. Now, TFP Ryder is known for doing eco buildings. They're known for a high degree of social responsibility, corporate social responsibility. This, for example, is a hospital center they built for victims of torture. Joint forces with China. And they did this is back in 2011. This is from a, a Newcastle paper. Uh, you know, and they basically admitted that they ran into problems during the recession. They had to get rid of almost half their workforce, and then China became their savior. Now, you can say, well, okay, maybe they don't know what's going on. There's a problem with that, because this is the congressional record. There's no way for any corporation to avoid this record. Uh, I mean, anyone who has a Google search on a covert thing will pick this up without any problem. Uh, and here you see actual words of a congressman uh, <coughs> warning them in 2011 not to do this when it was just off the conference. Now, at this point, uh, I'm out of time, and uh, at this point, I'm supposed to remind you of the human cost of this, so I'm going to skip over that. I think the human cost is, is obvious. Uh, and I don't need to show that again. <coughs> I will just mention, I think uh, Edward's going to be talking about the, uh, the Uyghurs uh, and the DNA project. If you think of the fact that every woman in this picture, or at least the majority of the women in this picture, have all been DNA tested at this point and are all potential organ, organ uh, donors in China now. These are women who are protesting about the fact that their husbands <coughs> are here, their husbands and sons. I've always thought, I'm going to just close this, I always thought that this, the best thing for the UK to do, the most 
active campaign in the New District and work in tourism to China. Uh, and you know, we can think of those four countries which have done it. And we can think of the advertisements on the web and the fact that this is a real issue. This is not something that's going away. But the truth is that every time we've tried to take a move on this, we've run into a brick wall called the NHS, the wall of bureaucracy. Okay? But there is a way out. Because what we just looked at in terms of TFD wider healthcare. And look, I'm half Jewish, so I get to say these things, okay? That's what this is. This is no, how is this any different from the IBM Holocaust incident? How is this that this is the race, this is the race office of the Nazis, okay? This was used to take my relatives and put them into in concentration camps. Now in this case, we have a case of a company, which I'm sure is a perfectly nice company, but they are building what is essentially the equivalent of gas chambers for these people. This is a fact. I mean, there's just no way around it. There's no way. I, I, don't, you know, I can't be polite about it. This is the facts. Uh, and you know, when I see a picture like this of them doing their global partnership, and okay, you know, I understand we're in the middle of the Brexit. We, 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 you know, UK needs trade. I'm about to be a citizen in this country. I care about that too. But this is a red line. This is the line we cannot cross. And this is one thing that Westminster can do is tell them to cease and assist on this project while we launch an investigation. That's all that needs to happen. I, I can't give the exact terms, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, but I will say this one last thing. This picture here, you know, this was suppressed. This was supposed to be in my book. But the Transplantation Society suppressed it. Now why did they do that? Because it's an embarrassment. This is an embarrassing and sad picture of a failed effort, right? But you know, at least in this picture, these were basically honorable people. They may have been misguided, but they were trying to do something. They were trying to accomplish something, not just make a profit. Not just make 300, 300 million pounds. They were there to try to uh, reform the system, and it failed, and that's fine. That's where I want to close. Uh, I want to thank you. I'm sorry, I, I said I would be 10 minutes. I'm really sorry. Thank you. Thank you.